Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, once again, everybody, and it's time for another edition of Gun on One. Of course, the Eagles have a little extended time off. So for this edition, I thought I'd spend just a little extended time with one of my favorites, the one, the only, the legendary voice of Merrill Reese joins me on this edition of Gun on One right now. This is Sal Palantonio from ESPN. I'm Brandon Graham. Lane Johnson here. This is the magnificent DJ Jazzy Jeffy. This is Donovan McNabb. This is Chris Long. This is Mark Sumoff, the TV voice of the 76ers on NBC Sports Philadelphia. This Eagles Hall of Fame quarterback, Ron Jaworski. Hello, I'm Jay Wright, head coach of Villanova Basketball. Hey, I'm Brian Westbrook, and you're listening to the Gun on One podcast. And what's happening? This is your blessed boy, Brian Dawkins, Hall of Famer, and you're locked in to Gun on One. We're locked in to the Gun on One. Gun on One. Gun on One. You are locked on to Gun on One. I've been on the air for 25 years, but I could not wait to be on Gun on One with my man, Derek Gump. ESPN Bracketologist Joe Lenardi telling you to stay locked on to Gun on One. It is a number one seed. Welcome back, everybody. You know, when you talk about perfection in the National Football League, there's only one team that falls under that head. Yes, it is the Philadelphia Eagles. They are a perfect eight and oh through the first nine weeks of the 2022 season and what a run it has been for them so far yes indeed they are the talk of the national football league so let's talk a little philadelphia eagles and who better to talk eagles with than a man who always has a bird's eye view of the action he has for more than four decades he is my friend and colleague the one and only merrill reese merrill how you doing man i'm doing fine derek it's uh, it's great to be with you I appreciate it, Merrill. And, and you know, uh, let's let's call it what it is. I mean, through nine weeks, the Philadelphia Eagles are the best team in the National Football League right now. They are, according to record. But we'll know more at the beginning of February if indeed they are the best team in the National Football League. But as you said, there is nobody else who has a perfect record at this point. Jalen Hurts has been phenomenal this season, and and I think that's an understatement. I think he has exceeded a lot of people's expectations. And when you look at what he's accomplished through the first eight games, and, you know, people, when they talk about the MVP race, it's always Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. But with what Jalen Hurts has done up to this point, is he at the head of the list when we start talking about the MVP race? I think he's right in there. Uh, naturally, if they finish with the best record, I think there's a very, very good shot that he gets those three initials. But I have to tell you that I have been a Jalen Hurts supporter from the moment the Eagles drafted him. In fact, I really liked what I saw of him both at Alabama and Mm -hmm. at Oklahoma, where he was the runner-up for the Heisman Trophy. But last year, I got into more debates. I'll be kind and use the word debates, not yeah. not arguments, not fistfights, 
but debates with quite a few members of the both the written and the electronic media who referred to him as having, quote, modest arm strength and somebody who the Eagles could use as a bridge between Carson Wentz and their next franchise quarterback. I thought it was insane to call his arm strength modest or minimal. Let me tell you something. I've watched him at practice. I've watched him throw every pass that you have to throw. Mm -hmm. He's got an outstanding arm. And all he had to do was work on a few mechanics to make it more accurate, which he did on his own this past summer out in California with Tom House, who was considered a quarterback mechanical guru. Mm -hmm. And he worked on that. He had to learn to read the defenses more quickly, make the quick decisions. But you know what? That's not a shocker. We talk about, I hate to use the word, the the, the name Aaron Rodgers right now because he seems to be falling faster than a lead weight. (laughs) Point for many years where he was the best quarterback in the National Football League. And he came to the Packers as the last pick or next to the last pick in the draft. And he sat on the bench behind Brett Favre for three years. Mm -hmm. We look at Drew Brees. Three years from now, uh, he came out a year ago, so three years from now, there's no doubt he will be a first ballot selection for the NFL Hall of Fame. Well, he came to San Diego, like Jalen Hurts, in the second round, and after four years, the uh, not to the Saints, to the Chargers at the time, after four years, the Chargers felt they could afford to let him go. And he did. He went over to Miami, and they thought there was a physical problem, and he went over to New Orleans, and they said, welcome. And with Sean Payton as his mentor, he became one of the greatest quarterbacks in NFL history. And here, these people were making unbelievably inaccurate assessments of Jalen Hurts after starting fewer than 20 games. And to me, that was that was unbelievable. Uh, they were saying they should focus everything on getting Russell Wilson or uh, somebody said two years two ago, years ago there were those who said they should draft Justin Fields when he was coming out of Ohio State. Well, Justin Fields may be a pretty good quarterback right now, but he's got a long way to go before he's able to quarterback with the proficiency of Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. So uh, I like everything I see about him, and I think he will continue to grow. Merrill, uh, look at this Eagles team. They are not just talented, but they are deep on both sides of the football. But I'm going to hone in on one thing, and I'm going to emphasize, you can only pick one area. What position on this team has impressed you the most up to this point? Well, I, you, you said it, quarterback. Okay. But if, if you want to talk about a group, a position group, yep. that has, has also become a, a, such an amazing plus, it's wide receiver. I did a show earlier tonight with Harold Carmichael, and I said, Harold, you and I are good friends. We've been good friends for a long, long time. And Mike Quick sits next to me in the broadcast booth, and in addition to being my broadcast partner, he is also a very, very close personal friend. And so I love both of these guys. But I said to them, this is the best group of receivers this team has ever had. Wow. said this. And they both agreed with me because when you put Harold Carmichael and Mike Quick together, it was Mike Quick's first year. He caught all of 10 passes. 
and Harold Carmichael was near the very end of his career. Now, if you could have paired Harold and Mike together in their primes, then we've got a discussion. But if you just look at these guys, they're better as a pair. That when I'm talking about when I'm talking about uh, AJ Brown, mm-hmm. and, um, Devontae Smith, sure. those two, and then you throw in the tight end, you throw in Dallas Goddard, and that is an amazing trio. This is this is a very very dangerous group for any team playing them. Merrill, I look at this team's ability to turn it on, turn it off turn it back on at any given point in the game. And it's just impressive because that's what they seem to do week in and week out. They mm-hmm. they play, blow teams up in the second quarter. They go through this low period in third quarters. And then all of a sudden they decide the light switch goes back on again in the fourth quarter. Have you seen anything like that in all your years of calling Eagles broadcast? No. And it's a little bit dangerous because Detroit in the very first game of the season came very close to stealing that game at the end, mm-hmm. except that a 26-yard gain in crunch time by Miles Sanders pretty much nailed it down. But that got awfully hairy, as you know. Yep. And there were a couple of other games that could have gotten very, very tight, and the Eagles had enough. The Dallas game uh, could have gone the other way, except for a play here and a play there. But other than that, I don't think it's by design completely i think their design is take a lead and then run the ball and run the clock and it sometimes it gets a little shaky but still no still no it's eight no merrill i I don't want to get too far ahead uh, of myself or the season but when you look at what's left on their schedule this team has the potential to run the table in the regular season you agree Hmm. <laughs> you know what potential they used to say is potential gets coaches fired. <laughs> that's that's what they used to say. Or potential also means they haven't done it yet, and they haven't done it yet. And I believe that the the best thing Nick Sirianni says to them each week is, "Let's go one and zero. Let's go one and zero. Forget all the other stuff. Let's go one and zero." And then when they get that win, they yell, great, we're 8-0. And then that lasts about 12 hours, and then they move on to what they have ahead. That's the key. And also, if they go into one of these great runs and actually finish the season almost as you just projected potential. Right, right. Really? Do you really play your stars in the last couple of games? Or do you rest them the way Andy Reid did in several instances going into, into 2004? Yeah. And, and try to have make sure that they're healthy because they cannot as much as I always had the theory that if you take any team that is potentially and we'll talk about a 17 game season, let's say they're potentially 14 and three. But you lose the wrong three people at the wrong point of the season. That team could quickly be say 10 and seven Mm. or eight, nine, but you don't know. You just don't know. But I think that this is a very, very good team. But I also believe on the any given Sunday, Monday, Thursday, Saturday theory (laughs) that it could happen at any time, Derek, and they could lose to Washington next Monday night. 
I hate to say that, but yeah. they could lose to Washington because not that Taylor Heineke is uh, Tom Brady, but Taylor right. Heineke plays with more heart and more gusto, and he, he has that team going pretty hard. They give Minnesota all they can handle, and uh, he, he's pretty tough. So would it sh- how about if you say, would it shock you if they lost to Washington? It would disappoint me. It would not shock me. Now, it would shock me if they lost to Indianapolis. Because yeah. Right now, Indianapolis doesn't even know how to spell Indianapolis. So, <laughs> so, but that would shock me. But when you're talking about Washington, when you're talking about in a little bit, I'm just looking up on my schedule after Washington uh, comes Indianapolis, then comes Green Bay. Now, you know, we know they're a mess right now. They are a mess. A lot of holes. Yeah. But they still, they still do have Aaron Rodgers, who who still might have a handful of great games before he decides to become a Buddhist monk or whatever he's. Yeah, he keeps smoking that Amazon peyote. We don't know what he's going to become in the future. <laughs> but uh, but I don't know honestly. But but any of these guys, and then after that. There's Tennessee. Yeah. Now, oh yeah. Can you tell me right now if Jordan, uh, if if Jordan Davis will be back for Tennessee? Yeah. Because there's another guy in their offense. They call him King Henry, Derrick Henry, <laughs> and you're going to need the best of your run stopping ability. Merrill, um, it, it, potential is an operative word when we talk about what they could potentially do this season. But what do you think they have to guard against most to avoid a letdown? Complacency, but Nick says their captains won't let that happen. Okay. Captains on this football team are so, so intense. I mean, you're talking about guys like Jalen, like Brandon Graham, like Jason Kelsey, like Darius Slay. I mean, the captains of this, Lane Johnson. I mean, you're talking about leaders. And I know that name, that word is overused at times, but but they are leaders, mm-hmm. and they won't let them be complacent. If they lose a game, it's not because they went in complacent or overconfident. I think they know and understand the realities of the National Football League, where on any given Sunday, the great Buffalo Bills, who some people think are headed for another Super Bowl, Go and lose to the Jets. Mm. And how good are the Jets? I don't know. You know, you were just talking about Jordan Davis. And, of course, since he's been out, basically what they've done is they've taken Javon Hargrave and moved him over the, into a, like a nose tackle position. The results, he's had five sacks in the last two games. Yeah. Would you would you leave him there? Even after Davis comes back, would you play him more in a position like that? I think that's really for Jonathan Gannon to determine when he looks at the game tape, but it's an option at yeah. times. But boy, look at the look at the year that they've had, the pickups that they've had, Derek. Yeah. Uh, how uh, you talking about sacks? Hassan Reddick. I think Hassan Reddick right now has five. He does five and a half sacks. He's got five and a half sacks. He's he's there. Look at the difference that C.J. Gardner Johnson. Yes. Made with this team. Look at the difference that you have when you take James Bradbury and pair him up with Darius Slay at corner. I mean, look at Kaiser White and what he's added to this team. And in the 
in the wings, in the wings, they have more talent that really hasn't gotten on the field. The Kobe Dean, the Kobe Dean, they, uh, Jonathan was asked about him today and they, they asked him how has his development been? And he said, awesome. He mm. is absolutely progressing amazingly. I would have no trepidation about sending him into the lineup if I had to, but things are going so well, but he might get in in the second half of the season more and more often to spell some of the other guys. But this team doesn't just have talent. They've got, in some areas, they've got depth, which is a rare commodity in the salary-capped NFL. You know, I'm glad you brought up N'Kobe Dean because for the past several weeks, I've been screaming on a number of platforms. Why haven't you gotten this guy in here? You've had opportunities to get him into games. The only time you really see him is on special teams. And you and, and the initial questions that come up are, is it the shoulder? Is it his lack of understanding to the defensive scheme? I mean, you look at the way Jonathan Gannon likes to play his people. He likes to rotate people in and keep them fresh. So why hasn't a N'Kobe Dean got more opportunities to play defense? He just doesn't feel a need to put him in right now. The okay. way linebackers okay. I've been playing. I mean, listen, let me tell you something. TJ has been outstanding. TJ yes, he has. And can you imagine getting him as a walk-on, as, a, as an after-the-draft free agent coming from Wisconsin? He is bright. He is a hustler. You, you talk about, I love, I, I use the word love with dripping sarcasm. When <laughs> hear people say on the talk shows or they tweet, well, the Eagles are 8-0 because they have an easy schedule. Well, who has a – can you tell me there's a, if there's a team in the National Football League this year with a killer schedule? Nobody, no. because no. there aren't that many good teams. You right. can only play the teams on your schedule. And the last I checked, they beat Dallas, who only has two losses. Yep. And they humiliated Minnesota, who's only been beaten once. Yep. So that shows you something. But everybody, there are so many mediocre and below mediocre teams this year that nobody from top to bottom has what you'd call a really, really tough schedule. The better teams this year are going to win a lot of games. Are you surprised at how watered down the NFL product has been this year? I think it's just cyclical. Okay. Things happen. I mean, look, for years we called the NFC East. I was calling them the NFC least. Yeah. It's just, it's, and, and this year I call them the NFC beast. And we used to talk about the mighty black and blue division, you know, the NFC North. Who's any good there except for Minnesota? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Detroit perked up last week and won a game. They beat the Packers. <laughs> so it's, I think it's cyclical. I think it's an outlier. I don't think it's going to be the case in the future. But once in a while, things happen, and this is that year. Hey, Merrill, going back to the Eagles defense for just a moment, Pro Football Focus said they are the worst tackling defense in the National Football League. For as good as they've been playing and opportunistic as they've been playing, they're the worst tackling defense in the National Football League. They have missed, according to their numbers, they've missed 82 tackles, 14 of them coming the last game against the Houston Texans. Now, Nick Sirianni basically said, um, they, they harp so much on creating turnovers that maybe they've neglected tackling a little bit, but it's something that is correctable. Do you think the, the, uh, the inconsistency in the tackling 
is a bribe a byproduct of them putting more emphasis and trying to get the ball instead of getting the man to the ground? Well, it makes sense. It makes sense. I didn't think of that before I heard Nick yeah. bring it up on a on a long interview. But Nick is but if you're trying to strip the ball, yeah, you're you're, you're not grabbing the guy. So maybe they have to back off a little bit and make certain that they have the guy first and then strip the ball. But that's where their mindset is. That's why they're plus 15 in the National Football League in turnover differential. And the two closest teams or the three closest teams are plus six. Mm. That to me, that's that's nine away. That's amazing. All right, Merrill, I have to bring up the elephant in the room, which is special teams play. What your your take on the special teams play? I don't think it's going to get any better because you can't make wholesale changes at this point. You're not going to bring in a whole collection of players, but people have been chastising the ineptness of the special teams play. How many points have they given up? None. So what? So are they great? No. Are they bad? To me, bad is a team that's that's really helped you lose games. Or giving up points. I don't think they're bad. Do you know there's only been one special teams, uh, a kickoff return or a punt return touchdown in the entire league so far? One. One. And a couple. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All of guys have broken long things. I like Britton Covey. I still do. I think he's fast. 
even though there were a couple of months early, one came when the defender was illegally too close to him, and the other he went right down and flopped on top of it. But I think Britton Covey is is this close to breaking one, either a kickoff or a punt return. Mm. You know what? The kickoffs are so tough to return. Half of them are kicked out of the end zone, and the other half are kicked so high and out to the two or three, and the defensive players are all the way down forming a picket fence. It's very, very tough to break one. But I think it's certainly – it would be an area of concern if there were points given up on that, but there aren't. Derek, I heard a stat today uh, that was pretty interesting when you're talking about giving up points. Do you realize that for the past seven weeks, the Eagles are the only team in the National Football League who has given up no more than 17 points? Wow. For seven straight weeks. Jim Johnson, our old friend, the Eagles should be Hall of Fame. Yeah. The- coordinator for many years under Andy. Jim Johnson once told me if if you can hold a team to 17 points, that was his goal. If you can hold them to 17 points, you should win 90% of your games. Well, they've done that for seven straight weeks. Mm. Those seven straight weeks, they've won 100% of their games. So we can be picky and say, no, wait, another thing about special teams. Right. Um, since we're on that topic, don't forget three other components of the special teams are Rick Lovato, the long snapper, Jake Elliott, the kicker, and Aaron Sippus, the punter. Mm-hmm. All three have been excellent. I mean, Jake missed a 54-yarder last week, and that can happen. But Jake is well, – if your game is on the line, there's no kicker you'd rather have out there than, than Jake Elliott. Uh, one was Harrison Buckner, but he missed an extra point and a field goal last week at the Kansas City game. But Jake Elliott is as good as they come – Aaron Sippus has been – he's been absolutely terrific. Just glancing down at my statistics on Sippus, uh, he has been punting, averaging his, – his average punt now is 46.3 yards per punt, yeah. and his net average is almost 42 yards a punt. Wow. And he has also kept them inside the 20-yard line 13 times. So he's really doing a good job. And Sippus is all – and, and – and Lovato's almost perfect. I think the the only kicker, the only kicker I uh, might take over Elliot might be that guy in Baltimore named Tucker. Yeah, Justin, Justin Tucker. Tucker. <laughs> Justin Tucker. But he's he's Hall of Fame right now. No question about it. My he's goodness. Hall of Fame. So I'm not I'm not putting Jake in the in the Hall of Fame right, right now. Right. Do you know how many how many kickers are in the Hall of Fame? Uh, you're Unstarude. right. Uh, the punter, Ray Guy, who recently passed away, by the sure. way, he's in the Hall of Fame. Can you think of any others? Mm. It, it, you, it might be Luke Rosa from the old Cleveland Browns, but he was also a tackle. Right. That was, you know, but I don't know that there are any others. No, I, I, I'd be hard-pressed to think of any others off the top of my but head right now. Tucker, Tucker is amazing. Mm. Yeah, Merrill, this has been such a crazy year for a number of reasons across the league. Um, teams you thought were going to be up or down, teams you thought that were going to be down. You look at a team like Seattle, they're up. Uh, and more importantly, there's already two head coaching vacancies halfway through the season already. And I bring that up because I want to say this. You know, Jonathan Gannon got his taste of being interviewed 
uh, by a number of teams last offseason for head coaching positions. And I've said it several times, and I'm going to say it to you. I think the way Shane Steichen has called games this year, in a league where everybody's looking for that next great offensive-minded head coach, I think Shane is as much of a head coaching candidate right now, maybe even more so than Jonathan Gannon. And do you think one or both of them will be leaving this organization after this season is over? Assuming this season continues as it is, yes, I think there's a very good chance that both of them. Okay. Because I, I wouldn't say one more than the other, but I, I, I know how bright they both are. And I know that they have the, the head coaching type of personality. Um, you know, it's, it's, not, it, it's more than just X's and O's. Mm-hmm. Eric, you know that. There were just a handful of coaches, and a lot of them became head coaches out of the Eagles organization. But there were only three that I, I felt were lead pipe cinches to be head mm. Not counting, not counting uh, Frank Reich, who just got fired yesterday because he's a terrific coach. Right. He, a lot of games went to playoffs. He works for a nutso organization where <laughs> they, they take Jeff Saturday and say Saturday. That's the craziest thing I've heard yet. It, it's, it's true. I, I was just about to ask you, do, do you think Frank got a raw deal in that organization? A raw deal. <laughs> crazy. And they, they give him no personnel. They, they get a different quarterback every year. They, they should have been in the playoffs last year. This year, they tell him he has to, that, that Matt Ryan is done because they don't want to have Ryan play long enough for the big bonus to kick in. And so they, they go and they, they tell him <laughs> it's, it's amazing. That to use a quarterback who was nowhere ready to be an NFL quarterback, it's that, it's that simple. But they're they're a bad team. But they're just throwing Frank out the door, which is absolutely ridiculous. Mm. Somebody ought to grab him up very very quickly because mm. there is no more high caliber, high character person with more knowledge and communication ability than Frank Reich. He would be he would be a number one pick if you were looking for your next head coach. But aside from that, aside yeah. from that, uh, I think that, as I said to you, the, the coaches that I knew, that I said, they're going to be head coaches. So one goes back a long, long time ago. I knew Jeff Fisher was going to be a head coach. He had a head coach's personality. He had the brains. And, of course, as you knew, he came within uh, one yard of winning the Super Bowl at Tennessee. Uh, the other one that I thought would be a head coach and he did indeed win a Super Bowl, was John Gruden. Now, his career went up with a cloud of smoke this year over all kinds of extra activities that didn't have to do with his actual coaching. And then the third one that I had no doubt, no doubt, and in fact, I actually had a little role in him becoming a head coach, is John Harbaugh. And, And he has done a great job and won a Super Bowl in Baltimore. But again, look at Baltimore. That's a good organization. Yes. They've got Steve Piscotti, who was the owner for years. They've they just had they they've been just a good, solid organization over the years. And uh, you know, if they have a bad year here, well, Pittsburgh. Look, look, look how long Mike they've Absolutely. had three head coaches that we can think of since nineteen sixty nine. Bill Cower yep. and Mike Tomlin. And you know what? Steelers are having a terrible year. But I guarantee you no, I shouldn't guarantee anything, but but I would be, I'd be shocked if Mike Tomlin isn't back next year because mm. he's a wonderful coach. He he finally lost his his franchise quarterback, so he has a young quarterback now. 
and it's it's going to take a little while. But uh, you know, Kenny Pickett will be okay, and so will the Steelers. But it's going to take a little time. But their owner doesn't pull the pull the right. You know the hat, the, the the booby trap right away. Now, the other organization is this one. Jeffrey Lurie is a wonderful owner. He really is. Yeah. Doug Peterson said to me one day. He said, "You know, Jeffrey. He said if you want to work for a great owner, it's Jeffrey because everything you ever ask him for, the answer is always yes. Mm. Is devoted. He is dedicated to winning, and he's not somebody um, who jumps down on the sidelines." like Jerry Jones or, you know, becomes the football czar. That's right. People do their job. And if at some point he feels it's such time to move on, I mean, Andy, if anything, probably overstayed his tenure here mm -hmm. by a couple of years. It was time for Andy to move on for a variety of reasons. He got a fresh start. And he's back on top in Kansas City and has won a Super Bowl. But um, the only coach he let go, and it wasn't prematurely, it was Chip Kelly who could make any owner pull his hair out. I agree. I mean, he did not communicate with the players. He did not communicate with management. I think in some ways he was disrespectful to, to management. And um, he lost the team. He truly lost that team. And when Jeff had had it up to here yeah. with two games to go, with a game to go in the season, he had to say goodbye. He just, he just knew it because he was embarrassed. I, I find it interesting that you said that Doug Peterson said whatever they would ask for, Jeffrey would say yes. And, it, and obviously it appears that whatever how he asked for this offseason, Jeffrey said yes to because they went out and they wowed the world with the structure of offseason talent they brought in. And you look at where they are right now. You have been behind the mic for more than four decades with the bird's eye view of this team. Can you compare this team with another team that you watch closely in years gone by? I think this is the most talented team they've had. In the that, time you've been behind the mic? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. The 04 team was pretty darn good. Yeah. You know, I mean, they had the tackles, they had Runyon, and they had uh, they had, they had had Runyon, and they had Trey Thomas. Sure. I think that line overall was as good as this one. Mm. From, right. Um, they had Terrell Owens, and he was great that year, but ultimately he divided that team – and started their demise. Um, he was he was difficult, um, but and they had Donovan, who was a great quarterback. Donovan, you look in the record books. Donovan is the best quarterback in the modern history of the Eagles. Right, no doubt. Of, every, every statistic tells you that. Now, how far Jalen Hurts will go remains to be seen. But he's a young quarterback right now, but going up like a rocket ship. But uh, the, then, but that I, I still think this team. I still think this team was better. Uh, now, they did have some great players. Sure. Hawkins, for sure. And they had others. But, you know, Sheldon Brown, Lito Shepard, they, yep. had, they had great players. Bobby Taylor was on that team. You, you can go on and on. But I just think this team, as I feel it now, is a little bit better. Now, the 2017 team, they did it with smoke and mirrors. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, don't forget, they lost their best offensive lineman. Jason, sure. they lost their best linebacker, Jordan Hicks. They lost their best special teamer, and they 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 Chris Maragos. They they lost their kicker, Caleb Sturgis. Yeah, they plucked Jake Elliott off of the Bengals practice. <laughs> they even lost their all-around playmaker, 
and most inspiring player in Darren Sproles. That's right. You and then ultimately, I know we we talk about the negatives of Carson Wentz right now, and with good reason. But at that point, he was playing brilliantly. Yes. At the time he went down to Los Angeles, he should have been the MVP of the league. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And, you know, that that's like catching lightning in a bottle. Yeah. Uh, because nobody thought that they would uh, be able to achieve what they did with all the backups, uh, players they had to plug in. And, of course, Nick Foles, you know, goes on and, and, and everything else is is legendary. Uh, yeah, but again, again, Derek, that team did a great job. Yes, it did. Picking up replacements and picking up people in the offseason. Yes, it did. Oh, my gosh. Chris Long, what he meant to that team. LeGarrette Blunt. Yes. What he meant to that team. I mean, I couldn't – I'll tell you a great story. I couldn't imagine why they would pick up LeGarrette Blunt because he did not have a good off-the-field reputation. Mm. And if you remember, he did nothing in the preseason, absolutely nothing. There are a lot of people who thought he would probably get cut. So we get into the season, and we – Go out to San Diego. I wasn't San Diego then. The Chargers were uh, waiting for their new stadium in Los Angeles to be built. So they took us to this little high school field in California. You remember that game? Oh, the yes. Stadium seated about 12,000 Yeah, so a soccer stadium. Yeah, they put, they put us in that stadium. And LeGarrette Blunt went wild. Yeah. And he, he gained like 120 yards on the ground. I mean, he was just just running up and down and through people in an amazing game. And at one point he took off from the 50 yard line and I went, they can't stop him. He's like a locomotive. They can't stop this train. <laughs> so I, I go back and I have never met him up close. He was down at the other end of the locker room and I kind of stayed away. He had this menacing look on his face. So I was talking to somebody in the locker the following Tuesday and I'm, um, talking and all of a sudden i see this this big legarrett blunt walking towards where we're standing and he has kind of a angry look on his face and he came up and he looks and he points at me and he says merrill reese and i and i went yeah i think I did. and he comes over and he gives me a great big hug and he said i just love when you call me a locomotive so he, had, he had heard the replay and found out who I was. Uh, and from that point on, Derek, we became great friends. So the next day, I brought him the tape, the, the CD of that call. And he says, my mom and dad are going to love this. <laughs> now, the day before the Super Bowl, we're standing in the lobby of the hotel in Minneapolis. And all of a sudden, somebody comes from behind me and lifts me up in the air and then puts me down. And it's LeGarrette Blunt. Oh, and my goodness. Be wearing my my most treasured piece of jewelry, and I don't have much jewelry, my NFC championship ring yeah. from 2004. He said, let me look at that ring. So I show him the ring, and he said, you know, that's a loser's ring. I said, it's all I have. So he said, we're going to get you a real ring tomorrow. Wow. So they go, and he has a great game, another great game. Scored yeah. a touchdown from 25 yards out. After the game, I go down towards the locker room. I hear a voice. Hey, Merrill, I promised you a ring, and now you're going to get one. And he, he turned out to be part of the heart and soul of that team and one of my favorite Eagles. 
You know, it's funny because LeGarrette did have that menacing look, but he was also a character. And, you know, I'm glad you said that because it. I started thinking, let's see, Merrill Reese intimidated by a player. Merrill Reese, the nicest guy on the planet. When you look back at your career, were there was there another player that just intimidated you at any point in time? No, not okay. really. I mean, okay. I was, and, and intimidate might be strong because I didn't know him yet. Well, he did have a menacing look about him. But he did. I mean, he looked like if he didn't like something, he could, with one switch, he'd bend me <laughs> into the wastebasket. But but he wasn't that way at all. He was a great guy. And don't forget, one of my, I had so many, you, you can't ever ask, people can't ever say to me, who's your favorite Eagle right. of all time? Right. Because I've had so many friends who sure. were not just players, but friends. One of my dearest friends was Reggie White. Mm. And Reggie White's wife, Sarah, used to send my wife, Cindy, cards from the Pro Bowl, postcards from Hawaii. I mean, Reggie White was one of the best human beings ever. And, you know, I I did a show tonight with Harold Carmichael. Harold Carmichael and I are like brothers. I mean, we're you know, Mike Quick and I, we go to each other's family celebrations. Sure. We're really that close. So there, there are, you know, Ron Jaworski, you, you just, you can't stop. There's just... Yeah. Uh, Westbrook, Brian Westbrook, I used to call him the Wizard of Westbrook. He's a great. There, there's so many wonderful people right now in that locker room. I and mean, I have to say, hey, yeah, Kelsey, he's he's one of the most unusual human beings sure. I've ever met, and I mean that in the most positive way. So if I, there's, I, I don't want to start because I'd miss somebody, but there, there are so many people. There's only only a couple I didn't have a good feeling about mm. uh, at the time. Um, I felt that Ricky Waters was very rude. Um, you know, he could just turn on you and walk away, even if you asked a nice question. Sure. And, um, just, just didn't want to be bothered. Um, and the one who really disappointed me the most was Tio. Mm. What Tio did to Donovan McNabb, how he turned on him, I thought was awful. And and how he talked back to coaches and was disrespectful to so many people. You know, the whole push-up thing on the lawn yeah. uh, that that didn't sit well with me but i would say that 99.9 percent .9 of the players have been people that i truly like and some i really love your recall memory is impeccable my friend but then again once you've called as many great games as you have it's understandable now earlier this year our good friend ray didinger finally decided to ride off into the sunset and enjoy life. So I have to ask you, is my final question to you. You've been doing this so long. You Boy, have, that, that's, that is a blessing and that, and that is incredible. And every year you've been behind the mic is justifiable, but I have to ask you, when's Merrill Reese going to ride off into the sunset and call it a career? He's not. Never? Not. No, no. My intention is no. I, I mean, I want to do this. They're going to have to send a crane up to crank <laughs> out of the booth and take me down. Because you know what, Derek, you know how much I love to play golf. Absolutely. That's my off the field, off the mic passion. I'd rather I'd rather be up there doing an Eagles game. There's nothing in the world I would rather be doing than sitting next to Mike and broadcasting an Eagles game. Nothing. And why should I retire? Thank God, my eyes are good. My voice hasn't changed in all these years, and my passion for the game, if anything, has grown. 
So I have no intention of retiring and I want to do it as long as it's humanly possible. And I hope you, you get to fulfill that, that wish list, my friend. I can't thank you enough for taking some time to talk to me on this edition of Gun on One. Always special when I get to chop it up with the great Meryl Reese. I thank you, sir. Thanks, Derek. It's a pleasure being on with a good friend. All right. That's going to wrap up this edition of Gun on One. For my friend, Meryl Reese, I'm Derek Gunn. Hey, everybody, thanks for listening and tuning in. And until we meet again, stay blessed. But more importantly, always be a blessing to each and every person you encounter. Until next time. So long, everybody. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.